It's time to place your bets. Let's talk to the pros. Welcome in, everybody, to Betting Pros, and it is me, Joey P, Joe Pizzapia. We got a great show for you today. If you can believe it, we're already a quarter of the way through the Major League Baseball season, and it's time to take some temperatures. So we're going to take a look at some MLB bets thanks to uh, Betting Pros consensus numbers. We're going to take a look at the World Series. We're going to take a look at division winners. We're even going to take a look at some MLB awards with a very very special guest and good friend of mine. You can see him every single Sunday on SportsGrid with me, Joey P, for the last year. How he put up with me for an entire year plus every single Sunday of his life, nobody knows. You can also check him out on The Better's Eye, which is a new show on MLB.com. It's also made appearances on MLB Network and some other cool MLB advanced media where they go through the best bets of the day. And you may also remember him and see him currently in the wrestling world calling matches on Impact Wrestling. Of course, he was a WWE superstar, but he's always a superstar in my heart. He's the one, the only Matt Stryker. Matty, bonus time with me. What kind of bet did you lose? That's the question. Uh, in, in the glowing accolades, you forgot to include friend. But fair friend. enough, man. Out of that all the things true. I've achieved in my life, I think I'm having the most fun right now. Uh, baseball betting is is the thing. Everyone is accepting it. States are understanding it. And I think just as a society, collectively, we're looking at it differently. This is fun. And this can be done well if you have some inside information. So I'm down, man. Oh, absolutely. And you know what? I should have led with friend, but I, <laughs> uh, and I usually like embarrassing you in public too. Yet, so yet I missed this opportunity. I'll be sure on Sunday to do it again, but Matt and I do a show every Sunday together. If you love this kind of banter on sports group from eight to 10 AM every single weekend, recapping the week that was a major league baseball and looking ahead. And I think that new show you've got right now, the better's eye is terrific. You and Keith do a phenomenal job on it. I have seen it. You guys are crushing it. And like Matt said, I mean, betting on baseball now is such an acceptable thing, which is such a culture shock. I don't know about you, but coming from this world where all oh, betting on baseball was such taboo to now on the bottom of MLB network, when you get the starting pitchers, you get right. the lines for the games. Yeah. Isn't that a little culture shock for you too? Yes and no. Again, as a society, we're moving to systemically remove things or remove things that we interpret to be systemic, pardon me. So with that said, there's good and bad in everything. But when you look at the joy of wagering on baseball, using math, using knowledge, using fandom, there is nothing back room about it. There is nothing wrong with it. So I think with that regard, if that's the culture shock, then good. Let that shock dissipate. It's about knowing that Player A really hits that slider 73% of the time, and pitcher A really throws that slider. Here's some money on math. Ah, money on math from the teacher, from the <laughs> former professor. I love that. Money on math. That's going to be his new hashtag and all this stuff. On, so write it down. Get it in there. All right. Let's start with some uh, player futures here for MVP, and we'll start in the American League. The consensus betting pros number is plus 160 for Mike Trout. He is still the favorite and still a wide favorite at that. It varies in place to place, but typically 160 is about that number you're getting. You're getting Shohei Otani now. Creeping in is the number two consensus at plus 700. Vlad Guerrero at 10 to 1. And then Giancarlo Stanton after this incredible hot two weeks that he's put together at plus 18. Now, Stanton would be a great story for MVP, but we all know the injuries are a concern. Byron Mm -hmm. Buxton, just a week ago before his injury, was actually the number two or three guy. 
And my guy, Shohei Otani, still sticking around. Now, I know he's got to start tonight. We'll see how that goes. But is it still Trout or the field for you? And is there somebody in the field that you think right now is set up as a good wager? Is it Otani because he's so unique at 7-1? to one? So I was real excited when you texted me to tell me the content of this discussion. Because when you make futures, especially on divisional winners, and we're going to talk about that, I have a particular system that I've used that seems to work. As far as individual awards... Yes, you have your chalk guys, and yes, you can throw down on them at the beginning of the season, a quarter way through the season, halfway through the season, so on and so forth, barring injury. But this is such a fickle category. You mentioned Otani. No one really had a grasp on what this was going to look like, and we still don't because the pitching is still in question, and that definitely lends itself to this conversation. A guy like Vlad Guerrero is a guy that I think people would be looking at before a first pitch was even thrown, and you're continuing to look at him. Is there anyone else that's creeping up that you can say, hmm, maybe, maybe? Be careful with the maybes. You're giving your money away. Stay <laughs> chalk in these MVP and Cy Young type of plays until someone really emerges that you didn't see coming. Because, again, if you're watching shows like this, chances are you know who these players are. The guy waiting for the bus might not, and that's whose money we're taking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it, look, to me – when Otani was at, I think, 20 to 1 or 15 to 1 in most places before the year, that was the time to take a shot on it for sure. You know, you lay 100 on that, that's a lovely return because he has something that nobody else can offer, which is that two way player thing. It's just a matter of whether or not he can be good enough at both to really make Correct. that sort of headway. And it's so ironic that the favorite is the guy on his own team, which we often say, oh, it's so hard to separate when you have two guys on the same team. But right now, Jared Walsh might be the best angel swinging a bat (laughs) currently. So who knows what's going on? Let's go to the National League side. A little bit of a wrinkle here lately because DeGrom, who you and I have been talking about as a possible MVP candidate, he goes to the IL. But Ronald Acuna is still the favorite, plus 275. DeGrom still consensus around 800. Uh, Some places might even take that down, depending on the injury right now, and wait and see what goes on. Tatis is at plus 850, and then my boy Juan Soto is floated all the way at 10 to 1. So here's my question. We know this is a narrative (laughs) award, a media award. Matt Stryker, do you think that this whole Fernando Tatis playing through this shoulder injury, this very intense injury, if the Padres do continue to play well and the Dodgers continue to play under expectations. And let's say something magical happens where the Padres are right there, even right. In the last week or two of the season mm-hmm. with them. Is Tatis at plus 850 the way to get in right now on that? Because that is a narrative that certainly plays. It does. But again, please use logic and not emotion. I, I grew up with four sisters. Yes, I, I had a really I that. How, how did you ever get where well, there was any of the logic? And, and, and all jokes aside, actually, there are times where, where ruling with your heart is the right thing to do. But in this regard, it's not. Let's not get philosophical. I think you make a great point here, though. If it continues to be the way it is and the Padres are there at the end of the conversation, in a perfect world, both Soto and Acuna are at least somewhere on a portion of someone's tongue in this conversation, then yes, I can certainly see people saying, wow, I got in on Tatis at that number right in the middle of May. I'm the smartest person in the world. The thing about the NL MVP race is that there was always going to be three or four places where you could put a chip. Now you're trying to narrow it down. There's still three, maybe four places you could put a chip. Let's have this conversation again. Hopefully I'll come back on maybe June 1st because Mm. right now I'm walking past this table and I want to put a chip down. I just don't know where to put that chip. So I've learned in my years on this planet put that chip back in my pocket. I wait. Let these players show me something. I can't show them anything. 
I don't know if Acuna's done that much to separate himself that much from the herd, which is kind of interesting to me. That's actually the chalk is the one I like of the least amount here. Whereas that's why I kind of go towards Tatis because, you know, the first week back, everybody was questioning, oh my goodness, this is going to work. And then he's been hitting home runs. He looks like Tatis. Maybe two hands on the bat is actually a good thing. Who would have thought that? Fundamentally. Uh, and you know what? And Juan Soto, yeah, and fundamentally it is. And then there's Juan Soto with the 10 to 1 who. I mean, right there, he was in the beginning of the season, right neck and neck with all these guys. So this is an interesting time. And Matt's kind of right here. National League really hasn't shown itself enough yet where there hasn't been even a clear separator. And the guy that they got at the top, I don't know how much of a separator he is. Speaking of tight races, too, you've got AL Cy Young's pretty tight right now. Plus 150 for Garrett Cole, plus 325 for Shane Bieber, and then plus 450 for Tyler Glass now with a 10 to 1 Carlos Rodon, who's got a better ERA than anybody and may indeed be the leader for comeback player of the year. But in your opinion, does he have a shot here at Cy Young? I mean, statistically speaking, he's right there with these guys, if not better in some categories. But Bieber, Cole, Glass, and I'll certainly get a lot more pub, I feel like. A thousand percent. Now, your feelings are correct. It goes back sometimes ruling with emotion is a good thing. So, uh, But again, look at the calendar, man. Middle of May. If Rodon gives me 16 and 8, and an ERA under four, and the no-hitter, and no one else is really lights out, oh my goodness gracious, like for some reason, if, if Cole or Bieber falter in their last six starts, I'm making it up, then maybe. But do you see how far-fetched even the, it is. The, the, the illogical pontification is? <laughs> but interesting on numbers, and this is what I've learned, especially now that, that betting is becoming more and more public and more and more people are putting their eyes and their talents on it, Look at Cole's number and look at Bieber's number. It's mm -hmm. it's pretty much double, isn't it? Yeah, you, you mentioned it's right. plus three twenty five. It varies in some spots, but you're right. So think of what the book is saying now. Is that so much on the pitcher, or is it about the win equity and the team that they're on? And if that's the case, was Cleveland is Cleveland who you thought they were in April or March? You have to ask yourself that question. The Yankees are exactly who they're supposed to be in May, so I get why that number's there. But the Bieber thing. It feels too good. Mm. It feels too good. I don't. I didn't realize that was a a problem. I always thought we wanted oh, things. Oh, to it's be a problem, good. my friend. Oh, it's a problem. Okay. <laughs> yeah. There's always something. There's always a catch every single time. All right. So when we're looking at the AL Cy Young, and again, this is why you go to betting pros because if you like Bieber, there are some spots like, for instance, on Fanduel, you can get him at plus three eighty right now. There's See, that's oh, that's great. Mm -hmm. And that's why betting pros is so good because. You get that opportunity to say, well, okay, I kind of like this. Where can I find the best odds? And again, I encourage everybody to go to bettingpros.com to do that because that's how you kind of find the best book for the best bet that you want to put out there. Let's move and switch gears here to the National League for a second, if we may. And obviously the National League, DeGrom has been so dominant, but now we have a little bit of a question that's creeped in here with this injury. Now, MRI was clean, they say. They're going to give him a real IL stint instead of trying to short-term it. We'll see if that rectifies the problem. Minus 136, the consensus betting pros number for him. Corbin Burns is at 5-1. to one. He is just now coming back from his COVID stint. And then you got basically Trevor Bauer 13-1 to one and Aaron Nola 13-1. Now, Aaron Nola has pitched incredibly well this year. And I feel like nobody's really talking about it. It's kind of why the Phillies have hung around where they have in the standings. And Corbin Burns, we all know how good he's been. Right. So right now, is it a matter of wait and see on this DeGrom health? Or do you want to take action now 
and maybe go with somebody not named Jacob deGrom before possibly this number starts to shrink if deGrom misses any significant time or struggles on his return. So this is what the sharks or, or the smart people in the betting world are talking about. I think it was just yesterday, Keith, myself, and Colin Wilson were talking about it on the better's eye. And yes, now is the time to see where you can get some value. Uh, I believe it was Colin brought up, look at Brandon Woodruff maybe for a hot session. Sure. See if everything's starting to melt away, who remains standing? I posited Jack Flaherty. His whip is just a tick over one. And he's like 1.02 maybe, or maybe not since the last start. But these are some guys that when everyone else falls away, should DeGrom be injured and miss some time? And I don't even want to say it. It's like, don't say no hitter. These are the names you got to start to look at. And they're going to have some nice plus numbers right next to their names. So now's the time to start shopping. I like it. Shopping, but you put stuff in the cart. Maybe you're not at the checkout yet. Is that what you're uh, saying? Sure. How many times have you done that? I mean, listen, in college, I used to go shopping um, under the influence. I fill my <laughs> car. You get there and you realize how much money do I have? Do I need seven boxes of fudge covered Oreos? Yes. yes. Let's put back the milk and bread. You know there what I mean? You, you choose. Important choices. Actually, I'm going food shopping right after this show is over. That is, get me fudge covered Oreos. I will pick you up a box for sure. All right, let's switch gears here and talk about some teams and let's do a little AL East. The Yankees still the favorites at minus 112. The Red Sox plus 350 who have had a really good start that I think surprised a lot of people. And then you've got the Blue Jays at 425 and the Rays who were in the World Series last year plus 500. Now, the thing with the Rays is you're going to see Luis Patino start Mm -hmm. to make some more starts here. He's starting actually today, and we'll see how he continues to ramp up if he becomes a guy in that rotation consistently. They can add a Wander Franco. The Blue Jays right now are still waiting for their big-time investment, George Springer, to pay dividends. So what do you make of the AL East here? Because the Yankees have gotten back on track, but their pitching is still suspect. I don't think any of these teams has a, a the depth of rotation right now that you really feel good about. So what is the difference maker in this division for you if you're trying to make a wager? So here's full transparency. This is how I bet division winners, and this is how I've done it ever since I really learned how to do this. So at the start of the season, let's just call a dollar a chip just for ease. Mm -hmm. I put a chip down on each team I think within a division has a chance. And then I revisit it four times a year. So at 40 games, I then make another play. But during the time... Every 10 games, I go back and I look at the team. So as a, for instance, the Yankees, I had a chip down on them on April 1st. After 10 games, I went back and look. I put an X next to them because they weren't performing the way I wanted them to. Go and after another 10 games, maybe they are, you put a check next to them. Come 40 games, the team that I originally had intended upon has as many checks upon it as it should. I double down on that team. And that's a good way to look at it. So with the Yankees, they weren't doing it in April, but I knew that. Here's May, check, 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 continue to double down on them. As far as depth and things like that, they'll find a way they're the Yankees. The Blue Jays are the team. I had so many X's next to them. I was disheartened. Here come those check marks. Nate Pearson did not have a good start. That troubles and worries me. But on the other side, a lot of these guys are still looking at Marcus Simeon. He has an amazing on-base streak that no one is talking about. Vlad Guerrero is coming alive. Bo Bichette's doing what he should do. And Kevin Biggio's bat hasn't even woken up yet, and I'm sure – It will. So I'm looking at these odds and seeing there's ways I can make some money here. The cream will always rise to the top, Joe. You know that. Yeah. And you know what? I like what you're saying, too, of of making small incremental investments over time, because that does kind of allow you to have exposure. 
But at the same time, like you're saying, if you really like one thing that's going well, you continue to double up yes. on it. And I think that is a great way over the long period of time. Let's see how that affects the central and how you want to do this one. Because <laughs> this one, check, 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 ex, 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 you know me, I was White Sox from the beginning of the year and they were sure. not the favorites. And I said, this is insane. The White Sox should be the favorites. They've lost Luis Robert. They have lost Eloy Jimenez. Uh, yet they still continue to win games and they are still the consensus favorite minus 200 Cleveland's at plus 350 Cleveland has a hard time. I feel like generating runs outside of home runs of Ramirez and Fran Miller hitting outside of that. It's kind of tough for them if they're not hitting dingers. And then the twins who, you know, Kenta Maeda struggled, you know, Kirilov came up for a hot minute and got hot. And then he went on the IL. The Twins number has dropped all the way to plus 800. Now that is very tempting because the Twins historically are always around, but I'm still kind of just sticking with the White Sox. I think the time to bet the White Sox is passed. Personally, mm -hmm. I think it was before the season. What do you think right now? Is there some case you want to make for Cleveland or Minnesota, or is it just already uh, a White Sox division to lose? How do you know I'm not all in on the Tigers? Uh, How do you know? I don't uh, think Casey Mize is throwing You have been hitting the head with a lot of chairs. <laughs> That's the only thing I know. That, that is true. That is that is what. Hang on, because I'm going to lose my thought because of that. Um, <laughs> as well as all those other things that happen in college. Okay, Chicago. You talked about losing uh, players, so on and so forth. Yeah, but gaining Michael Kopech and Dylan Cease have been wonderful. The public is just learning about them. Again, people like you and I, we knew about them. So yes, that money remains what I call true. The true event is there. The team you're seeing, that is the team. Okay? Mm -hmm. Cleveland. Find me anyone that could tell you before a first pitch was thrown to start the season that this was going to be a team that was going to come back and have an astronomical plus run differential in the final six innings of every game. These They have been the comeback kids yeah. along with the Red Sox. All right, the bullpen had problems, and then Class A stepped up, and now everyone is starting to step in line here. Yes, I hear you as far as the offense goes. But nobody saw this team. And if Bieber can continue to do what he does, and Savali, Plesak, some of these guys, Tristan McKenzie's a bright spot. They could be there, man. The AL Central is fickle. Look at the Royals. Did you think they were going to do what they've done in the first half of the season? I know they're riding an eight-game losing streak right now. But right. still, there's no way you could handicap this division like that. And that's the beauty of baseball. Did I, I would say the, name right? I think it's I Clase. think you did. It's, yes. it's Classe. You said it in a very Classe way. Yeah. That's all they need. Uh, but the Cleveland Indians have the pitching, as you're pointing out, too. And, and over time, that's what wins out. Whereas Minnesota's back of that rotation can be spotty at times. And Maeda hasn't been the same guy he was last year. Well, hopefully last start is that back on track mm -hmm. and things are going to go better for him. Let's move to the West for a second and talk about the athletics who are even right now on betting pros. So that's interesting because they went on that incredible tear. And then of course, like everything in baseball, it's a game of streaks. Yes. You get the highs and the lows, right? The Astros are plus 110 and the Angels are at plus 650 as the betting pros consensus number. Now I ask you this, Matt Stryker, 650 right now, you know, the Angels did kind of jettison holes, and, you know, Dylan Bundy hasn't been great, but Walsh has been terrific. I know Rendon has the knee issue, but Otani and Trout, you know, it's funny. It's like these two giant stars, along with Walsh, have really kind of carried this team. Is this an intriguing number to you at 650? Because the Astros have been a lot of up and down. They can't seem to get everything right at the right time. They get this going and then that falls apart. Starting yeah. pitching's good, but the offense goes away. You know, then you got guys on COVID lists and all this stuff's going back and forth with them. Are the Angels the sneaky wager in this division right now at 650? 
This is going to sound like a terrible answer. It's a great way to start an answer. But putting the Angels in a vacuum, you've got to come back to me after the six-game stretch that they are on right now. So encouraging to see what they did against the Dodgers. Now they go on a six-game stretch against teams that are either first or second in their respective divisions, I believe, Boston, Oakland, Cleveland. Watch these games, folks. If you're on the East Coast, so I'm in New York, Queens, New York. So some of these games, you can really see a lot about a team. Look at their bullpens. Look at how they play matchups. Then come back. If this number is still there after the six-game stretch, which it's not going to be, but if you can find it in a nice, favorable, desirable place with some pitching, I'm not doing it, but I can see how a lot of people are going to get on this team. I think it might be. If you like him at all, this is the time. Because okay. before, after the stretch, if things go well for them in the next, let's say, six to ten games, that number is probably going to get cut in half. I yeah. think there's a real good chance that's going to happen. And here's the thing, you know, we mentioned all these American League teams. The Yankees of all these teams is actually in the best position because not only can they afford to pay anybody they want because they're the Yankees, but they can also they have enough depth in that organization to make a move for somebody. And that's where I kind of worry about teams like the angels. I don't know if Joe Adele plus plus is enough to get a deal done. Maybe it is. There's a couple guys in that system. I'm looking at, you know, the Indian system. They're not going to deal some of these young guys because they're a smaller market team. So the Yankees are kind of in the driver's seat and obviously they're still the favorite for the American league. And I can understand why, because uh, again, you control your own destiny if you're the Yankees, because you have the best of both worlds and it's not a 60 game season anymore. Now from the national league standpoint, we're in the East here with the Mets are still favorites at plus 115. I don't know how this is true, but it is. Uh, then you've got the plus 180 with the Braves and the plus 400 with the Phillies. The Nats have clearly struggled here. They haven't been able to get on track and Strasburg being hurt and Corbin being bad. I just think the Nats have now gone by the wayside. We know it was boomer bust for the Nats. So now there are three. As great as the Marlins pitching is, we're realistic. Now there are three. Phillies, Braves, Mets. The four to one Phillies are an interesting wager here because Wheeler's pitched pretty well. Nola's been lights out, but I don't understand how the Braves are not the favorite here. Plus one eighty. I think this is a great, simple investment. You can put a large number on that. Do you feel confident in the Atlanta Braves in which you've seen? Because guys like Yanoa and Anderson have stepped up when guys like Freed and Morton have struggled. Braves are the team. I've been saying it since April. Uh, mm-hmm. They're just built for it. And again. In April, as a better, as a gambler, you know the dogs barked. They ate. It's April. Like, <laughs> yeah, listen, if it's the first time you're doing this, totally cool. Come along and, and, you know, be our friend because we love that. But there are people that have been doing this for a while that understand it's April. Joe, you and I talked about it. everyone was all about Francisco Lindor, Francisco Lindor. It's April. He's historically bad in April. Right. What do you mean? The Yankees are an older team. It's April. Give it, It's like an older car. Give it a chance to warm up. Uh, the Braves are my team here, and I, I've always said that. Uh, you know has been a, a great, great revelation for them, both with the bat and with the arm. And, yeah, to your point, like, like Morton hasn't been doing what they thought he would be able to do, at least in the last two starts. Give this whole team time. They're going to be there. And don't count out Washington just yet, man. Well, I got to eat some crow here in the central because I, you know me, I was very pro Milwaukee going into the year, but now Christian Yelich came back for one day and went back on the IL. I'm out. It's over. I'm out. His (laughs) lineup is not enough. They didn't do enough outside. And the problem is now, if you don't have Yelich and you're not playing good baseball and you're not scoring runs, it doesn't matter how good the pitching is because what happens is now you're at a deficit because you can't justify moving more young pieces to bring right. in more pieces. And right. it's almost like chicken in the egg. It's like if you don't have Yelich playing well and you're not, things are going well, how does the organization justify going out there making a trade for a Trey Mancini or bringing in somebody like that? So right now the Cardinals are plus 110, the Brewers minus 120. 
The Reds are at eight to one, and I know it's the Reds, and I know they've got a whole host of problems, but they've also got an incredible young pipeline of pitching. Molly's been great. Sonny Gray's been really good. Uh, Wade Miley just threw a freaking no-hitter, and Luis Castillo, we all know, eventually is going to right the ship. At least I feel pretty confident in that. Then you've got an offense here where Suarez hasn't hit at all. Cassianos has been good. Mustakis. I mean, this is a really good team. I know it's a long shot. It feels like the Cardinals division to lose at plus 110. And I think this is going to be a minus number by the time we hit June. So if you like the Cardinals, I think this is your last shot. Do you agree? Here's the thing about divisional winners. You have to trust your baseball knowledge. And again, if you're just out there listening to this, there's a thousand and one shows like this. Let's just be honest. Yeah, but none are as good as when you and I are doing But here's the thing. Exactly. Who's telling you? Where have they been? What have they done? So you have to look when things are backed up by math. You can't beat that. Okay? I'm sorry. You can't. The Cardinals are built for this division. Everyone knows it. So, yes, at some point that number is going to get even, and it might even drop into the minus. So there you go. Sorry. Love and math always win. There you go. That's what it is. All right, let's let's hit the West. Two-horse race here. The Dodgers at minus 400 now. That number has been adjusted a little bit after this bad stretch for the Dodgers. Just a wee bit. And then you got the Padres at plus 250 here. Now, the Padres are a fascinating team because Snell's pitched poorly. But Joe Musgrove has kind of given you what you thought Snell was going to give you. Mm. I don't know what the heck's going to happen with Lamette and Paddock. I hope that Paddock comes back healthy and is good. I'm terrified Lamette's a Tommy John waiting to happen. Mm -hmm. The good news is they've got some other guys like Weathers, and they've got some other guys like Mackenzie Gore who might be able to step up. But the Padres are all in. The question is, can they catch the Dodgers? I know Bellinger's on his way back. Is this just a stay away here in this division, or do you like the Padres' chances of catching the Dodgers? Depends on what kind of better you are. Are you conservative? Then yeah, sure. Ooh, I don't know. I don't like. Are you aggressive? Oh, I'm freaking in on everybody. Are you the contrarian? The San Francisco Giants have disrupted everything in that division. The San Francisco Giants have disrupted everything for about the last 45 days in baseball. Just go look at their numbers and tell me that anyone thought they were going to do that. I'm still waiting for the market correction. I, I personally, I think it's coming. Right. I mean, that's just baseball. Again, guys are always going to do what the back of their baseball card tells you they're going to do at least nine and a half times out of 10. But the Giants have disrupted everything here now. So look for them to pull and tug on those Padre and Dodger numbers. And if you can catch them where they're being pulled on and it puts you in a good spot, like Joe was talking about, there's ways to get the best line. Take advantage of it, man. Please being ignorant during the time of information is a choice. <laughs> I love that. That is good stuff right there. And you're right, man. That Giants pitching, where'd that come from? Alex Wood, Kevin Gossman. I what? mean, the, it's just, it's crazy. I mean, they, and they, every night somebody goes out there and they're just, you know, spinning good baseball games, despite all the injuries they've had at different times. It's crazy. All right, let's talk about the big one here. Uh, right now, the consensus favorite for the World Series is still the reigning defending undisputed Los Angeles Dodgers at plus 325. The Yankees are at 7-1, to one, which I think is a fascinating number. That's a pretty big number right now, consensus-wise. It's still early. The Padres at plus 850, who have the pitching in a short series, and they could get very hot. The Mets are at plus 9, and then before we get to the long shots, the other plus 9 is the White Sox. So these are kind of the favorites under 10-1. to one. Where would you put a chip, and how would you do it at this point? Have you seen enough out of any team to feel like, I'm confident this team is going to be there through the regular season and is built for the postseason. Who stands out to you? So when I did my World Series futures, I put 
two chips, one on an AL team, one on an NL team. I didn't have any secondary teams, and it remains the same to this day, and I'm actually getting ready to double back on it. Yankees, Atlanta Braves. Okay. Built to do it. They've been there. They understand it. When everything else falls away, I think that's going to be the World Series. Well, if you do like that, because right now, the consensus number on the Atlanta Braves, who was the first one in the, quote, long shots, 15 to 1. Now, the Braves, historically, they've been that great regular season team, but they fail all the time in the short series. What is it about this team that you think is different this year? You and I have talked about this a lot. The game has completely changed now. It's about having three stud starters and then a bullpen and playing matchups. Atlanta had that, at least on paper in April, and I do believe they still have it and never rule out that late-season acquisition. With that said, when it comes down just to the minutiae, to the micro, just think the organization and the team is better suited than anyone else. And yes, I understand the Dodgers are the chalk, but I'm in this to make money. <laughs> Absolutely, baby. That's what we're in. And speaking of making money, uh, where can everybody check out the batter's eye? I know it's on every single day now, right? They've actually got you working like five days a week. I didn't it's know that work. you were you were a guy to do that kind of thing. It's oh, work. it's not work. All right, it so what's going on? When is the show every day that people can catch it? Oh, man, it's awesome. So it's betters eye. It's on MLB.com. It's also on at MLB picks, 6 p.m. Eastern time. We're live. You never know what any of us are going to say or do. And uh, we do something called walk-off winners. At the end of every segment, we give our like our best bets for the day. I'm happy to say, man, as of right now, I'm like 10 games over 500. Keeping, like four or five games over 500. We have guests coming in all the time. The guy's coming over from Vegas, V's in City. Uh, Matt Vescursion's been on the show. It's just it's great to have all those resources there because you have information. And as Newman said, you control the mail. You control information. There's no way we're getting out of our show together without at least one Seinfeld reference. And all these guests, yet I, know, I don't remember being asked to be on this show. I don't know what's hey, going on Hey, you keep the friends. I, I, I just sit in the chair and nod and smile. And yeah, you said at the top of the show, you said your words were, my friend. Uh, no, no invitations for your friend. But uh, again, I you see what catch, this was. I, I see, see what, this, what was. this was. This is all. Just you showed me yours. Now I got a shame. Oh, Lord. On that note, let's uh, remind everybody you can follow Matt on Twitter, even though he doesn't care at asleep on the beach. And you can also, again, check him out on the better's eye every day on MLB.com. And you should also check out Impact Wrestling, where he's calling some fantastic matches with D'Lo Brown. Some really cool stuff going on in Impact right now. And of course, Maddie Stryker, Joey P, Sunday mornings, get a cup of coffee. You know, and watch a little diamond bets with Matt Stryker and myself on Sports Grid, 8 a.m. Eastern to 10, two hours of baseball talk. Maddie, I want to thank you so much for taking the time out today to join us on Betting Pros to talk a little baseball. We'll check in with you again soon. That'll do it for us, but the story of the game goes on. For Matt Stryker, I'm Joe Pizapia. We'll see you next time, kids.